0: Since the news, people in Vanuatu are still in high spirits, as you just heard on Caleb's story, who's currently on the ground there. Joining me to talk more about this historic resolution is Shiva Gowden and Katrina Bollock from Greenpeace Australia slash Pacific. Shiva is a Pacific advisor and is no stranger to Pacific waves, but with him this time round is Katrina, who is the General Counsel leading the legal team at Greenpeace. Kia ora to you both. First of all, Shiva, how did you react when you found out that the UN had adopted the resolution? I was actually quite happy,
1: sad, emotional. It was a roller coaster of emotions because it was a historic moment. You know, something like this has never happened uh, for our global quest for obtaining climate justice and climate accountability. Uh, this was so important in bringing something that was missing, um, a missing element in the multilateral climate cooperation and that is legal accountability and the rule of law. Uh, it was also very historic because activism to hold big polluters um, and holding them accountable really works. Uh, it's, uh, it's so surreal to think about it that this campaign started in a very small classroom uh, in the Pacific, and now it has taken millions of voices and stories of climate vulnerable communities, of climate vulnerable individuals and countries to join our Pacific VACA, our, our canoe. Um, It started from a small classroom and became a truly global effort that was championed by the Vanuatu government and the Pacific Island students fighting climate change and thousands of civil society organizations across the world uh, to take the biggest problem, world's biggest problem of climate change to the world's highest court, International Court of Justice. So truly momentous. Uh, Another historic thing was that it was accepted by consensus, which has um, never been a request like something like this has never been a request to the International Court of Justice. Um, that has been adopted by consensus. So a huge, huge uh, moment for not just the Pacific but all climate vulnerable communities across the world Uh, and and it couldn't have happened with the incredible hard work of so many people across the world.
0: Absolutely. Now the last time we spoke it was pretty sombre. I mean we touched on the IPCC report but with this resolution it's a win, isn't it? Especially for Vanuatu who are just doing it rough.
1: Incredible win. Um, And um, you can just Think about how the Pacific just continues to show this incredible global leadership. You know, when it comes to addressing climate change, and simply put, doing what is right and just, and just for the most uh, marginalized and most vulnerable communities across the world. But what the government, even when responding to those two cyclones, uh, which was category four strength and above, showed this incredible leadership to continue having those inside multilateral discussions to Ghana as much support. Um, in the end, there was 132 countries. Um, that co-sponsored this resolution, which is um, a testament to the leadership that the Banuatu government showed by having those discussions while having to respond to a climate crisis, to climate crisis within their own country. Um, and 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 uh, like I said, it was adopted by consensus. So even the opposition bloc, if it was developing, just didn't have any support um, to uh, take it to a vote, um, which is again a, a first in
0: international climate justice kind of advisory opinions that have been sought previously. Vinaka Shiva. Now Katrina, can you just talk us through the legal implications around this resolution?
2: So when it comes to the legal implications, we believe that this moment could mark the start of a formal process where the world leaders receive authoritative guidance from the world's highest court on international law that could bring about the kind of deep change that the climate crisis requires. The milestone reached today affirms the power of community-driven, people-centred campaigns for climate justice and accountability. When we see the opinion from the court, which could still take up to two years, we expect it to cement this consensus on climate change science. We think that it will increase ambition under international instruments such as the Paris Agreement. It'll essentially provide a baseline for state action around the world and breathe new life into multilateral negotiations and international cooperation in a way that we haven't seen before. It's also highly likely that it will be cited as persuasive precedent in legal proceedings around the world, thereby giving local, regional and international um, adjudications a guide. Um, It's also expected that it will centre and elevate the voices of communities on the front lines of the climate crisis, including voices in the global south and the Pacific where this grassroots campaign began. And of course, last but not least, we expect that it will arm every lawyer around the world with a new sword to fight climate change by holding governments and big corporate polluters to account.
0: Uh, What are the consequences, particularly for the wealthy countries, if the resolution isn't upheld
2: or if it's breached? So advisory opinions from the International Court of Justice are non-binding in nature, but they do carry great legal weight and moral authority. And one of the things the court is being asked to consider is not just what are the obligations and duties of countries to protect human rights from the impacts of the climate crisis – But the court is actually also being asked to consider what should happen when countries breach those legal obligations. So in large part, the court will make a finding pertaining to what happens under international law when countries uh, cause significant harm to the environment and our climate system.
0: What's next now? What can we expect in the next, say, couple of months
2: So now that the vote has passed by consensus, the court will set a timetable and will give United Nations General Assembly members and others an opportunity to make submissions to the court on what the advisory opinion should say. So the aim of the next stage in our campaign is to put pressure on governments and other international bodies to make really progressive submissions to the International Court of Justice. We want to see them run the most progressive legal arguments possible to help safeguard human rights.